0: There are some stories in the gospel, especially stories that Jesus is involved with, that I think are more fun than others. And I think today's story is really a fun one. It's a great one. In fact, when Doug asked me if I could preach this Sunday and I began to look at the passage uh, related to our sermon series, I thought, wow, I got got the best story out of all of them to be able to preach. And so uh, don't tell Doug I I think that, but I'm really grateful that I get a chance to share this one this morning. And it is a good story. We're in the middle of this uh, sermon series called Life. Uh, living in Faith Every Day, and part of this process of the series is really looking at, at stories of God's people through Scripture and how they were facing challenges, big or small, and how God has given them faith to uh, get through those challenges. And beyond even getting through as many of them, it's to to thrive as they get through those challenges. We've also been hearing some stories through some of the, the messages from people from First Covenant Church that have shared with uh, with us about how God has given them faith uh, to uh, survive or to get through those challenges that they've faced in life. And so this morning, again, we pick up the story about blind faith. And it's a great story. There's great color in this story. There's lots of graphic details in this passage that we can easily see the story in, in our imagination of our mind. And you can see the details in the description. Jesus, we were told, had already come to Jericho, and and he was leaving town. It says as he was leaving Jericho, that location is very specific. Now, Jericho is really a distinct city in the world. In fact, it's the lowest city in terms of elevation of any city in the world. It's 750 feet below sea level. Now, we also hear in the story that there are great numbers of people who are following Jesus as he leaves town. In fact, the 12 disciples are amongst those that are going with him. And we encounter on the roadside, leaving Jericho, a blind beggar. The storyteller tells us some details here. He tells us the name of the blind beggar. In fact, even tells us uh, who his father is. His name was Bartimaeus. He was the son of Timaeus. Now, Blind Bartimaeus heard the commotion of the crowd, and we can assume that he could hear their voices, the, the movement, the rustling of the clothes, the laughter, uh, the conversation. He could hear a big crowd going by. And we can assume he asked someone what all the commotion was about, and somebody would have told him that the famous Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. And there's something that happened in Blind Bart's uh, spirit when he realized what was happening. It happened in a moment, in an instant, and there was an impulse erupting from him. Blind Bart shouted at the top of his lungs. He bellowed out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Now, if you were sleeping, I just woke you up. But his voice, we're told, was loud enough that everybody could hear it. Everybody could hear it. Jesus, the crowd, everyone. Many people didn't like the blind beggar speaking so loudly and kind of causing a commotion. And so they told him to quiet down, you know, tone it down, keep your, keep your mouth shut. But what did blind Bart do in response to their discouragement? He shouted all the more loudly, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Now we could stop right here. That's the way we often pray when we are desperate. We shout to God in the middle of our pain. We say, Lord, God, have mercy on me, on us, on my, my kids, on My wife, my husband. Yes, often our prayers are like the desperate prayer of blind Bart. Lord God, have mercy on me. And Jesus, we're told, stopped in his tracks and he looked at blind Bart and he said, Call him. Bring him to me. And some folks in the crowd said to the blind beggar, Take heart. Get up. He is calling you. Let's just stop right there and and hear those sacred words again. Take heart rise. He is calling you. That's what we want in life. We want Jesus to stop in front of our little lives and to pay attention. We want we want Jesus to notice us in this big world of ours. We want Jesus to say to us, take heart, get up. I'm calling you. That's what we all want. Those of us who love God and we want God to come to us, especially to help us when we're discouraged and we're struggling and We're down in the dumps like blind Bartimaeus must have been. That's why we need to hear those precious words. Take heart. Get up. The Lord is calling you. Jesus knew that Bartimaeus was down. And when we're down and out and life is is messed up and we're in the bottom of our ruts, we want to hear the voice of Jesus directed to us saying, take heart. Get up. I'm calling you. This is the gospel. Now the storyteller continues, and he brings some more details, and he says, throwing off his cloak, he jumped to his feet, and he came to Jesus. Again, notice the detail that Bart threw off his coat, and he jumped up. We can feel his vigor as he rises to his feet, as he comes to Jesus. This is definitely an eyewitness account, right? A reader can feel the action in Bart's legs and in his spirit In his spirit first, but then in his legs, and he comes to Jesus, and Jesus tells him, Or he asks him, he says, what do you want me to do for you? How would you answer that question from Jesus today? What do you want me to do for you? How would you answer that question? My answer would be something like, please, Lord, you know, would you bring peace in our country and in our world? It just seems like when I look around, I see violence and I see threats of violence and you know, even when I look at our political election process, I just feel like it's, it's more chaotic and, and more tumultuous than it normally is. And Jesus, can you just come and, and bring peace? Can you bring uh, this, this understanding where people would know you in a way that, that they could respect life and honor life and respect and honor others? What would you ask from Jesus? What do you want from Him most? Blind Bart wanted his sight. He wanted physical sight. His eyes, he wanted eyes that could see. The Gospel of Matthew tells us that Jesus in his pity reached out and he touched his eyes and he said to Bart, go, your faith has healed you. And immediately and miraculously, Bart received his eyes and he followed Jesus on the way, we're told. And today's story, again, it's a good story. It's a visual story. It's it's vibrant story. It, it's easy to see and it's easy to feel what's happening. And part of what makes this story so rich is actually the story that happens before this one in the Gospel of Mark. And so I want you to hear what happened in the story before this one. If you've got your Bibles, open to Mark uh, chapter 10, verse 35 is where the, next, the story before begins. It's on the screen behind me as well. It says then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. Where have we heard that question? What do you want me to do for you? They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered with confidence, without realizing what they were saying. They didn't understand what was going to happen. They didn't understand what it truly meant to be at his left and at his right in the kingdom. And so Jesus goes on, instead of giving them what they asked for, he teaches them a lesson in what it means to lead in the kingdom. He goes on, he says, Whoever wants to become great among you must first be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So we have these two situations, literally side by side. The disciples ask Jesus, can you do this for us? Jesus says, well, what do you want me to do? And they tell him. And then you have the story with blind Bartimaeus and Jesus asks him, he says, what do you want me to do for you? And in on one situation, he grants the request to Bartimaeus, but on the other, he doesn't grant the request to the disciples. Why not? Well, today, I think there's millions of people that are probably praying to God for something. And one of the greatest challenges of our faith is when we don't get what we pray for. Clearly, Scripture shows that the disciples didn't get what they wanted, and Bartimaeus did. Could it be that in the story with Bartimaeus, that this is another miracle that was another teaching moment for the disciples, including us today? James and John, I'm sure, heard Jesus use the same question that he used with them, with the blind man. Can you imagine standing there with them, uh, holding that inside information? And we know that Jesus never asked a question that he didn't already know the answer to. So what made this blind man's request so different? Was it the way that he asked? No, it appears to me that both the disciples and Bartimaeus addressed Jesus with respect when they asked him the question. What is it, Was it what they asked for? Well, maybe, but in both cases, it was something that, that would personally benefit the person asking. Was it a timing thing? No, it doesn't appear that... Uh, Scripture doesn't indicate that the time of day had anything to do with what was happening. The only clear difference from what I can tell and what we have in these two different portions of Scripture is Jesus' response to the request. To the disciples, again, he gave a lecture on kingdom dynamics. But to the blind man, he simply said, go your way. Your faith has healed you. And if we look at the other times that Jesus healed, we see that he said these same kinds of words often. It seems to me that that Jesus honors from this story, He honors faith that is sincere and persistent. That Bartimaeus was sincere and he was persistent in asking Jesus to help him. It was in faith that Bartimaeus kept shouting, in spite of being rebuked by the crowd and told to be quiet, he kept shouting, Lord, have mercy on me. It was in faith that he stood up and he went to Jesus. And it was in the sincerest faith that he asked Jesus to give him sight. Jesus replied simply, Your faith has made you well, and it was done. Now, Jesus, in a different passage, says, Faith as small as a mustard seed, the tiniest seed of all, can move mountains. Blind Bart had a faith that took action, that was persistent in seeking help from Jesus, that appears that he believed that Jesus could help him. Now sometimes we're so stuck with whatever we've been uh, wrestling with, whatever challenges our life, whatever's been hindering our life and our faith, that we don't realize that Jesus is right in front of us asking us, what do you want me to do for you? I want you to watch this video testimony. Uh, Paul Kiefer, he took some time with me this week just to share a little bit about his life experience and some of the challenges he's faced, but also... How the Lord provided in the midst of of his life. And as you watch the video, I also want you to look for those challenges that Paul faced. But also look for the things that he was seeking as he was facing those challenges. Let's watch that video. Paul, can you tell us a little bit about what life was like for you when you were growing up and your family? Yeah,
1: my mother and, and father divorced. When I was very young, and uh, my mom raised my brother and I, uh, you know, by herself uh, until I was about 10 years old, and then she remarried. Uh, they had two more children together, uh, Brian and Holly, and um, life was good for a while. You know, we had a pretty healthy home life, and then uh, my mom began developing mental health issues. And, that was, um, that was tough on the family, you know, um, her and, and my stepdad argued a lot and, uh, and she was in and out of mental health institutions and, um, you know, eventually she, she ended up taking her life when I was 15 and that was, that was one of the hardest things I've ever gone through, um, and, and being so young, I, I don't think I ever really dealt with my emotions, um, anger, the grief, and, um, I, my stepdad, he, he pretty much checked out emotionally after that, and, and my brother, he turned to drugs and alcohol to, to cope with, with the loss, and, uh, that left me to to raise my younger brother and sister, and um, it was hard, uh, and I eventually took the same route as my older brother and, and turned to drugs and alcohol as well, and uh, that's pretty much how I finished out my high school career, was uh, you know, just barely getting by, but uh, I joined the army uh, when I was 17, and I, I met Peggy, and we've been married for 17 years now, and we have uh, three wonderful children, Addison, Hannah, and Blake, and it's uh, it's been an adventure with with three kids, and uh, uh, Peggy and I we didn't have a uh, a very steady church life, uh, you know, during the first half of our our marriage, and uh, once we started having children, we began to seek out a, a church home, and we had trouble finding one that was really the, the right fit for us until we uh, till we found First Covenant. And um, I was really seeking um, friendships. I, I was having trouble uh, making and and keeping authentic friendships, uh and uh especially having you know, some sort of male influence in my life and um as the children became toddlers and uh you know life was really happening I, I realized I I didn't know how to be a dad. I didn't know how to be a husband and uh, you know I, I realized that I hadn't I hadn't dealt with the the anger and the, the grief and uh, you know the all the fallout from from my mother's passing and it, it really hit me hard uh, last year I I uh, I developed a, a really bad case of depression and um, it, it, it got bad enough that I was, I was ready to take my own life and that was uh, that was tough and, and I, I'm so grateful that my my boss he recognized the signs and uh, you know, he, he called Peggy and he told her uh, and, I, and I remember afterwards uh, talking with my mother-in-law she, she told me that I, I hadn't given it all to God, and you know I really thought I had, but, uh, but she was right. I, I had I was harboring uh, resentment, you know, towards my mom, and and I I knew that I needed to let it go, but I, I didn't know how. I I sought out uh, Christian counseling, and, and with the help of that, and my, my friends and, and my family, I was able to, to work through those issues, and uh, I'm not there by any means now, but I, I think I'm in a lot better place now than I was a year ago.
0: Kind of you realize you had some unresolved issues still from the trauma of your mom's uh, suicide you know, what did you, what did, you, how did you seek God to help you with, you know, the issues of anger and and kind of an unforgiving heart toward your mom? And what did you seek God for in that? And, and how did God work in your life as you uh, work through those issues?
1: Jesus is the, you know, he's the ultimate mentor of how a, a father should be. Um, you know, just trying to adopt the the principles that I read in, in the Bible and, and trying to adapt them to to, to being a father and, and being a husband, um, you know, being authentic with my friends and, and keeping and developing the, those friendships. Um, giving up everything to God was was really the hardest part for me. I uh, Anxiety was, was just very, very prevalent in my life, and uh, I came across First Peter five seven, uh, give it all, you know, to God because He cares for you, you know, and and uh, that that really helped me to work through my struggles.
0: You know, it was interesting as we listened to Paul share his story uh, that. Uh, In the midst of maybe the deepest uh, struggle he was going through when he was really working through the Depression, uh, he was able to have a conversation with his mother-in-law, and his mother-in-law was able to identify that he hadn't given everything to Jesus yet. And in many ways, it feels to me like his mother-in-law was a little bit like the folks in the crowd that say, Hey, take heart. Get up. Jesus is calling you. And Paul was able to work through those issues as he met with a Christian counselor and, and the help of friends and others from the church. You know, as Christians, we need to realize that in our faith, we have something awesome. We have a love that no one can fathom. We've got a life that will never die. We have a righteousness without tarnish. We have a peace that surpasses all understanding, a joy that will never be diminished, and a hope that will never be disappointed. The story is so simple this morning, and yet it's so graphic. What did this story mean to the eyewitnesses? Uh, that we're able to see what happened to blind Bartimaeus. Uh, What does the story mean to us? Where in the story do we hear Jesus speaking directly to us? You know, when someone said in in the crowd said to blind Bart, take heart, rise, he's calling you. We all need to hear those words. Sometimes it's Jesus who says those, those words to me, but sometimes it's my wife, can be a child, my child. It can be a good friend. But whoever it is, this person is an angel or messenger from God who speaks the word of the Lord to me in that moment. And in this instance, it was an unknown messenger from God in the crowd speaking to blind Bart. Take heart. Those words ring in my ear. They resonate in my own heart. They echo in my mind. Take heart. There are many times when I've lost you know, kind of that inner desire to get up and go and, and get things done. I, I feel like I'm almost ready to give up. And if I haven't get up, given up yet, I'm, I'm getting close to that. And sometimes when I'm down the dumps and I need an emotional transfusion so I can get some emotional energy to face the challenges in front of me, and you're probably the same way at times. There are times in your life when you're overloaded, you're over-confronted, you're over your head with life. Your spouse has been in the hospital. You can't pay all the bills. You're short of time, energy, short of what's needed to face the challenge that you face. And in that moment, Jesus or a messenger from God says to you, take heart. Those words are like an infusion of energy. Then the words that came to Bart, rise, get up. There may be moments where you're lying in a hospital bed and you think that you're never going to be able to get up again. And the voice of an angel, a messenger says to you, get up. Stand on your two feet, get off the bed and get up and get going. What words of hope? Jesus is saying those words to you today. Get up. And then you hear the words from our divine messenger. Jesus is calling you. Jesus wants us to talk with us. He wants us to listen to him, his words, his wisdom, his way of life. Jesus wants us to hear him, to receive his inner healing for our lives and then to follow him like Blind Bart did. At the end of the story for today, what words do I take from the gospel story? Take heart, rise, get up. Jesus is calling you. What else do I take from the story today? Jesus has come to heal my blindness. Blind Bart was physically blind. I don't have a problem with physical blindness, but I do have a significant problem with spiritual blindness. This is not only true of me, but it's also true of the world around me. And it's probably true of you as well. Spiritual blindness is a much more common and devastating illness today than physical blindness. That's what Mother Teresa used to say quite often. Myself and many others, including you, are blind to the power and the goodness of God that is present with us every day, every moment. All I know is that this gospel text is about blindness. That Jesus came to heal the blind. Blind disciples, blind Pharisees. Blind religious leaders, blind you, blind me. If Jesus were able to touch your eyes today, what kind of blindness would Jesus heal in your life? Blind Bartimaeus had faith in Jesus that he could heal him and make him well. What part of your life does Jesus need to come and make well and heal you from so that you become well? That's a big question. It's an important question for you and for me. I like the story for today. Jericho. On the road outside Jericho, we meet a beggar on the side of the road by the name of Bartimaeus. I can hear him shouting at the top of his lungs, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Yes, we all need the mercy of Jesus. We cry for his mercy. We need his mercy every day. And even at the end of history, I hear those words spoken to Bartimaeus by God's unknown unknown messenger. Take heart, get up, Jesus is calling you. How I need those words. Take heart, get up, Jesus is calling. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this story, this encounter that we have, an eyewitness testimony of Jesus' encounter with, with blind Bartimaeus. God, we recognize that all of us can relate to him, maybe not because of physical blindness, but because we all recognize that we ha- we're struggling and we face spiritual blindness. And we're grateful that Jesus came to heal not only Bartimaeus, but us as well. God, we place ourselves in front of you. We hear the words, take heart, get up, come. Jesus is calling you. God, we pray that you would give us faith, faith even the size of a mustard seed, to receive that encouragement and to take an active role. Lord, to go ahead and take heart, get up, and follow you. God, we're grateful. We give ourselves to you. Lord, we pray that you do what you desire in our lives this day and every day moving forward. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.